Hello, everyone. I'm Radhika Zaveri, and welcome to Podwalk, a in-classroom podcast to encourage students to go for a walk, listen, and learn. I truly believe that it's important for students to get off their screens and get away from their environment to push the boundaries for transformative thinking. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce our guest, Karen Idino, Group Vice President and CMO for Toyota Financial Services and responsible for their private label business. Karen is a community leader for many causes. She is the National Trustee Board Member of the Boys and Girls Club of America, Executive Sponsor of the North American Council for Women Influencing and Impacting Toyota, and has been recognized by the Dallas Asian Chamber of Commerce as a leader focused on diversity and inclusion. Karen and I both serve as members on the Orchid Giving Circle, which is a fund at the Texas Women's Foundation supporting Asian nonprofits in North Texas. Welcome, Karen. It is so nice to have you here. I am so honored. Thank you, Radhika, for having me and giving me this great pleasure to speak with you today. Fantastic. So, Karen, I'm going to open this discussion by speaking to you about strategic importance of marketing and its role in organizations centered around human value. So, you know, we all report to one boss, our customer, which makes marketing front and center. So my first question to you is, how important do you think it is for a chief marketing officer or a marketing leader to not only have a voice in the business decisions made by companies within a boardroom, but also play a key role in the strategic decisions teams that are outside of the boardroom? That's a wonderful question. For any company to operate effectively, the marketing leader must have an influential role in the company's strategic decisions. And that's really because marketing is really the window to the customer. The fundamentals of marketing, as we all know it, right, the four P's, product, price, place, and promotion, all drive customer acquisition. And that, in turn, sets the stage for customer service and ultimately customer retention. And if marketing doesn't understand the needs of potential customers, then the company won't be able to establish a customer relationship. But if marketing is truly doing its job and understands what customers want, it's able to get them in the door. And then marketing can use its knowledge of the customer to help guide the organization and the processes to keep the customer satisfied. So let me give you some specific examples from our work at Toyota and Lexus Financial Services. So as we all know, buying a car is typically the second largest purchase most consumers make after buying a house. So it's an important transaction to people. When a customer purchases a Toyota or a Lexus vehicle, most don't pay the, for the car with cash. They finance or lease it. And Toyota Financial Services competes for that customer's business. From an experience that the Toyota or Lexus vehicles all provide, even though they operate in a mature industry, it's highly competitive for us and we're competing against banks and other financial institutions. And of course, customer expectations are evolving all the time. The changing landscape and evolving customer expectations are why marketing must have a seat at the table when strategic decisions are being made. We're on the front lines of communicating with our customers and helping them get in the door. And we understand what they're truly looking for. And that's currently a simple 
personal, and transparent transaction. And we understand that what has worked five years ago won't work today, and that works today, and what works today won't work in the future. So at Toyota, we really pride ourselves on collaboration. Not only does marketing have a seat at the table, we work closely with leaders of other departments. As a team, we set the strategic direction for the company. And together, we identify strategic investments that the company needs to make to succeed in the future. So let's take IT, for example. If marketing is selling a value proposition that emphasizes ease of use for customers, then a close partnership between the CMO and CIO is critical to ensure the company executes on its brand promise. And at Toyota Financial Services, marketing works closely with IT to prioritize strategic investments that ensures we have the appropriate technology to deliver on the experience that the customer expects. And now more than ever, marketing's role as crafting strategy is, in strategy is critical. As customers' needs change, Toyota is shifting from a traditional automotive company to a mobility company. Marketing is working with other parts of the organization to set the vision for the future of the company. And we're basing our strategic decisions on a solid understanding of customer expectations and ensuring that the company has a customer-centric view. And then we're focused on expanding the value chain by clearly defining the value proposition that we, as a finance company, bring to the customer. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, Erin. Couldn't agree with you more. So, you know, as we think about the um, ability to extend our core capability and make these strategic decisions to extend our value chain. You guys have been doing a, a lot of great stuff with private label and you're in charge of your new private label um, uh, business. Could you speak a little bit about that? I, I think it's super cool with all the things that you guys are doing and if you can just sort of give us a rundown on that. Yeah, definitely. Let me just start with a couple thoughts and then I'm going to get to why the why and how with the, for the private label focus. So I believe the current innovation environment, as you might be familiar with, right, that most, the mirrors the K-shaped economic recovery, where some individuals and businesses recovered quickly from the pandemic and others are being severely impacted. For some companies like Toyota, the current environment is not so much a risk to innovation, but it's creating opportunities, right? For companies that are experiencing financial hardship are more likely to curtail their innovation investments. And in our industry, the current COVID situation has caused some businesses to retrench. And this provides an opportunity for other companies to surge ahead, continue to invest in innovative solutions. And in our world, in auto retailing and auto finance, the environment has accelerated some trends. So take digital retailing, our touchless vehicle delivery. We had this in works for several years, but now due to COVID more than ever, people are interested in having a contactless purchase process. So our digital retailing solution allows consumers the ability to remotely complete their vehicle purchase. We're benefiting from a risk. We took several years ago when we started developing this platform. And at that time, the market response was so-so, moderate, I call it. Yeah. But we believe strongly in the product. So we stuck it out. And it was a good thing we did because look where we are today. So right now, Toyota isn't pulling back on our innovation investments. And I have some examples of areas um, that we continue to focus on. The Toyota Research Institute I'd like to share with you is one of, our, uh, is one of Toyota's primary innovation hubs. They're exploring non-traditional ideas for the company. It's all part of the commitment to mobility. 
And we started our goal to get people across the nation, across the city, and even across the room. That's a whole new ballgame for a company that used to focus only on automotive. But if we're going to succeed, we can't slow down in our quest for innovative solutions. Just this week, one other example, Toyota AI Adventures product, if you haven't heard of this, is our venture capital fund. We announced its investment in YPC Technologies. It's a robotic kitchen startup based in Montreal, Canada. And a couple of years ago, who would have thought that a car company would be interested in robotic kitchen equipment? But now, as we look at promoting physical mobility, we are focused on a range of robotic solutions that we'd never considered in the past. So of course, any innovation, right, comes with risk. And that's why we, along with many other innovative companies, are encouraging a fail-forward approach. This, is, this allows us to try things out, test and gain from the experience. A couple of years ago, we shifted to the agile methodology for IT in the major uh, project development. This also supports innovation because it encourages projects, right, as we all know, to be developed, tested, and released in incremental steps rather than building to one major release. And by breaking down huge initiatives into smaller pieces, it allows problems to be fixed along the way and I really believe this actually supports disruptive innovation by removing some of the risk. The steps are smaller but the ultimate outcome is more likely to be successful because of the innovation process and Radhika you mentioned right our new opportunity around the private label. My best example <laughs> is Toyota's new private label business in support of Mazda Financial Services. We had to build an entirely new company with new systems in less than a year. It was a massive undertaking, and we had to innovate new processes every step of the way. And we launched on April 1st in the midst of the COVID environment. Mm -hmm. Just imagine that. We had to launch this business to an entirely new set of customers with none of our traditional ways of working, not being able to meet with Mazda dealers in person, and not being able to travel. But successfully, we launched, and the business is doing great. And I think that demonstrates that innovation can happen even in this economic climate, provided there's a will to make it happen. Yeah, no, that's terrific. And thank you. That That's uh, really insightful. Uh, you know, it's such a hot topic right now to talk about de-risking innovation um, and whether these small, less risky projects will become the rule and disruptive innovation, the exception. So thank you for sharing that perspective. And many of the things that you just said about failing forward and that mindset, are, you know, just so right on. Um, you spoke a little bit about creative collaboration as well between functional teams to inspire action and empower teams to be able to learn and grow. And that sort of brings me to my next question, Karen. You know, Toyota is known for its disciplined, innovative process and its inclusive culture. And in fact, many of your practices and frameworks um, are incorporated into my classroom as well um, in new product innovation. So the students have heard uh, a, a lot of the language that you are using and very appreciative of that. So my question to you is, as we, you know, as we know, ideas come from everywhere and ideation is key and execution is kink, right? So as you consider um, an developing this innovative culture and this diversity of thought from your employees and really encourage people from manufacturing to marketing to become innovation thought leaders and drivers, how do you care and balance ideation 
with the art of filtering good ideas from the other ideas? Like, how do you make it so strategic and purposeful that you are picking, selecting the right ideas? That's a great question because you are right. It's important to make a distinction between the ideation process and implementation. And at Toyota, we want everyone to really participate in generating innovative ideas. We have what we call the Toyota Way, which is the philosophy that guides our business. It has two key pillars. The first is respect for people. The second is Kaizen, which means continuous improvement. So respect for people means we value every individual's contribution and want to do what's right for our team members, customers, and for society. Continuous improvement is pretty self-explanatory, but it means we're never satisfied with the status quo. And that extends to every person in the company. So we all need to be involved in seeking out better ways of doing things all the time. And as we look at our process, we employ what's known as the Toyota Business Practices, or TBP for short. This is a very structured approach for problem solving and one that helps identify optimal outcomes. TBP has a component called the five whys, and it encourages participants to keep asking why something is the way it is. You keep asking why until you get to the true root cause of the problem. And then once you understand the real issue, you can start developing countermeasures and a solution. And it really prevents wasted time and energy solving the wrong problem. The process is designed to involve team members in generating solutions so that we can successfully execute and benefit from everyone's ideas. And that gets to the related topic, Toyota's commitment to diversity and inclusion. By fostering a diverse and inclusive environment within the organization, we really drive diversity of thought and innovation. And only by ensuring everyone feels included can we be sure that they'll feel free to participate. Now, in terms of implementation, we do need to be strategic as well. No company has enough resources to invest in every idea, but our combined use of the Toyota business practices plus the involvement of a diverse group of team members helps ensure that the best ideas really bubble to the top and those will be the ones that will ultimately decide to invest in. Yeah, no, that's uh, so true. I, I think that key question of what are you solving for, right? Like what is the task that you are helping solve when it comes to the when it comes to the consumer so thank you for that and 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 also for mentioning talking about the five whys and root cause we spend a lot of time in the classroom talking about that framework so i really appreciate you giving your thoughts on it um you know as you said respect for people is key and toyota you know truly encourages that inspired thinking in in, in people and we hear this quote often right like be the leader you have always admired most. And that sort of brings me to that, my next question, which is, if you had to recommend three life lessons to give uh, to marketers, to guide marketers today, what would those be? Thanks, Radhika. That's a really great question to reflect on. Yeah, I'd be happy to share um, things that have three things that have served me well throughout my career. The first one I think about is my first suggestion is you will need to be willing to take some risks. Of course, everyone's risk appetite is different. The right amount of risk for me won't be the same for you and for the students, right? But your career will stagnate if you always play it safe 100% of the time. 
And that doesn't mean you should jump into every risky you know, situation, but a willingness to welcome new opportunities and to take new risk can create great rewards. And I wouldn't be here where I am today if I hadn't taken risks when I even moved within jobs within Toyota. I even took a risk coming to Texas when Toyota relocated our corporate headquarters. And I took a risk when I agreed to help set up Mazda Financial Services. Those risks have worked out well, but lots of other risks don't, and that's okay too. But most failures are simply just setbacks and also valuable learning opportunities. So no one got, got where they are by winning, right, 100% of the time. My second suggestion is to develop and articulate that vision. It could be a vision for the future of the company or your department or your project. If you can communicate a compelling vision of the future, you can get others to rally around it. You can inspire others to see the potential in whatever they're working on. If you inspire others, they'll be more engaged, right? We know that and they'll realize how their work is contributing to achieve the ultimate vision. And people follow leaders with a vision mm. and that will help you earn a seat at the table, right? When you're making decisions on uh, when critical decisions are being made. And when you're at the table, you'll help to define the strategy for the future. And it's really in exciting. And it's one of the best parts about a career in marketing. So my third Radhika suggestion is to truly be authentic. This applies to both as an individual leader and for me in terms of marketing your product or services. As a leader, you wanna to adhere to the integrity and principles that make you unique and not compromise on those. That has really helped guide and ground me in my career and explore the areas I'm most interested in. For example, I find I get a lot of satisfaction from empowering right, team members and helping them develop their careers. So a job that doesn't involve interactions just wouldn't be right for me. Toyota shares that strong commitment to diversity inclusion in all that we do. And that's also really, really important to me. And it's why I've been a good fit for Toyota for so many years. So I've been authentic to myself. And this authenticity is critical to also being, being an effective marketer, right? So at Toyota, our marketing is designed to present our products and services to our customers in an authentic way. Through our marketing, we represent who we are as an organization and what we offer by demonstrating our core values. You can't build brand loyalty and develop long-term relationships if you're not authentic. Inauthentic marketing might work with a customer once, but customers have long-term memories and they won't return. By being authentic in our marketing, we've set a value proposition. It'll be right for a lot of people, but it won't be right for everyone. And that's okay too. You can't be all things to all people, but you can and should be true to yourself. Yeah, no, no doubt. That is a, such great advice. Thank you. I've been taking notes. I really appreciate your um, willingness to come and speak to the class, give your time and your insights and your wisdom. And as, as a recap, I mean, here, here are some of my takeaways, which I'm very appreciative for, is, you know, Karen talked about taking risk and failing forward and having that mindset to welcome new opportunities. And I, 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 I really uh, encourage 
all of you to think about the same. A second, she talked, talked about being vulnerable and knowing that we don't know it all. And so opening up that think tank, to your point, that word empowering, that's so key, empowering everyone in the organization, whether inside or outside your own team, for that diversity of thought and, 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 and being inclusive uh, is what gets you to that next level of thinking. And, and lastly, authentic, having that authenticity for inspiring and influencing decisions that are inside and outside of your team for action and, and growth. So I truly, truly uh, appreciate your time, Karen, uh, for coming to Hard Walk. I can't wait to see you very soon uh, myself. And I hope that this has been as fun for you as it has for me. <laughs> Thank you, Roddick. It's really been enjoyable. Thank you for even inviting me. And it's been a pleasure to have the conversation on your pod walk. I hope the students as well just garner, uh, you know, some bit of information that may, may spark a thought. So I hope that's the case. And I hope to see you definitely in person soon because I would thoroughly enjoy that. Thank you again to you and all of the students in your class. Thank you, Karen.